And when our Lord Jesus was on that cross, it was God's plan to reconcile the world unto himself. That's the language of the New Testament. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. It was something that God wanted to do. Did you know that God wants sinners in heaven? God never sent his Son to destroy us all. He sent his Son that they might be saved. They might be liberated from the curse, the guilt, the condemnation of sin. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Let the Bible Speak is the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. And today we have an exciting story. It is both history and prophecy. It is both God's doing and human obedience. It is a picture of Calvary drawn 2,000 years before Christ was born. It is weaved into the fabric of Abraham's life, and we're going to read Genesis chapter 22. Now, it is best to read this from the Scriptures itself, uh, and now we're reading to rehearse this story and to grasp its meaning. And I want you to note the number of parallels between what Abraham was called upon to do and what our Lord Jesus did when he went to the cross. Here we go, Genesis 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abram rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abram lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off. And Abram said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder, and worship, and come again to you. And Abram took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abram his father, and said, My father? And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb, for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place which God had told them off, and Abram built an altar there, and led the wood in order. 
and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abram stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham! And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do any thing unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And from that we will go right to the pulpit message. May the Lord speak to your heart today on God's promise, God will provide a lamb. Could you imagine taking one of your most precious children and dropping them from the very top of the CN Tower and to do it premeditatedly with purpose and intention. And you take that child to the bottom of the tower. You look for an elevator or the stairwell and you climb the 1,776 steps to the top. And every step you take, I must do this. I must do this. Until breathlessly you get out into the open deck and you dare to go through with destroying your child. Why? That has to be the big question. Why? Did you notice as we read Genesis chapter 22 that Abram never asked why when God called on him to sacrifice his only and beloved son, Isaac. Now, this was a severe test of Abram's obedience. Isaac was his miracle son of his old age. He was his only son, his well-beloved son. And yet he's the one that Abram was to take to the mountaintop and there to slay him as a sacrifice unto God. Now, Abram, as we know, passed the test, and he went willingly. He went speedily, and with purpose and intention, he climbed that mountain with wood and fire and knife to go through what God had requested of him. We're told that he rose early the next morning. There was no hesitation or even a hint of hesitation. We're told in verse 3 that he saddled his ass. He worked diligently to prepare for this trip to the mountaintop where God would show him where he must sacrifice his son. He got two of his servants to go along, and for three days they traveled, prepared the wood, stripped it, bundled it, carried it, until he came to the foot of the, uh, the mount of the appointed place. And that mountain, we are told in verse 2, was Moriah. And after three days, Abram saw the place afar off. He deliberately left his young men at the foot of the mountain. We can think of why. He took his son, he took the wood, he took the fire, and he took the knife. And he went that mountaintop. We're told that they went, both of them together. There was harmony. There was no discord. There was no resistance. 
as they climbed the mount. No doubt Isaac had a question. He said, my father, we see the wood, we see the fire, but where is the lamb for a sacrifice? And Abram answered, and this is perhaps the most significant line in the whole story, God will provide himself a lamb. Verse 8, they went both of them together. They arrived at the top of the divinely appointed mountaintop. And Abram began to build the altar with stones, laid the wood upon it. And then he got out the cords and he began to run around Isaac, laid him on the altar and tied him to it. No hesitation, no half measure, no looking behind for a way out. Abram went through in full obedience with what God had asked him to do. And as Abram took the knife, God cried out to Abram, and if I may paraphrase it, Abram, don't do it! And then God showed him a ram caught in the thicket behind him. And Isaac was taken off the altar. The ram was led on and sacrificed we're told in verse 13, and another very, ex- very specific statement, in the stead of his son. Now, this is a prophetic word about Calvary. There are so many parallels. The Mount Moriah, that's the place where Solomon built the temple. It was in that very area that Jerusalem was built and where they led our Lord Jesus out of the city to Golgotha, to Calvary. And so there is this parallel in the place. In this event, Abram figures more prominently than Isaac. He's the one that God spoke to. He's the one who had the challenge and was to be obedient. He's the one that was sacrificing his own son. And the focus, the limelight is on Abraham, the father. And that's because your redemption and your salvation by the sacrifice of God's son was from all eternity the plan of God. Abram lived about 2,000 after creation and 2,000 years before Christ came. And so this amazing parallel, this inspired not only wording in the record, but the event is all of God to reveal that when our Lord Jesus went to Calvary, it was no plan of the hour. It was God's eternal decree and purpose in full action. The gospel is God's plan. And that's what I want you to learn today. It's the wonderful, amazing plan of God. God originated the plan of the cross. If you go to verse 1 in Genesis 22, you will see that God did tempt Abraham. Now, of all the concerns we have with the word tempt, we know that God tempts no man to sin. What it means here that God was testing Abraham. And, but it was God was the initiator. It was God who spoke from heaven. 
Abram had no such intention or no such thoughts. By the way, the word tempt in the Hebrew language is the word nasa. And if you were to ask me to go up on a NASA rocket spaceship, that would be testing me. So here's a good memory aid here. The Hebrew word for tempt is NASA. And God was proving Abraham, do you love me above the very dearest one you have in your life? Now, the Bible, of course, tells us everywhere that God planned the cross from before the foundation of the world. Never let anyone tell you that Calvary really was a a plan B effort, that it was really the weevil schemes of men, or it was due to the weakness of the Lord Jesus, that he could not uh, flee and escape the cross, that it was some mere coincidence. All of this was from eternity, the very purpose of God. And when our Lord Jesus was on that cross, it was God's plan to reconcile the world unto himself. That's the language of the New Testament. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. It was something that God wanted to do. Did you know that God wants sinners in heaven? God never sent his son to destroy us all. He sent his son that they might be saved. They might be liberated from the curse, the guilt, the condemnation of sin. And by the death, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, they would be brought and reconciled unto God. And so this is God's way of saving sinners. Do you believe that? If you really believe that, and if you are today trusting in God's way of reconciling a sinner to himself, then you're saved. You are freed from all the condemnation of sin, and you have a wonderful hope of heaven and eternal life. But if you doubt it, if you question it, If you say that what happened at Calvary was, well, so fraught with human interventions, surely it was the the murderous schemes of men, or Herod, or Pilate in his treachery. But behind it all was the gracious, providential purpose of God, who sent his Son, he, is at the center of God's plan. That brings me to point two. If you look at verse two in Genesis 22, you will see here, take now thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. We see here that Isaac was to be at the very center of the test. It was to be the hardest thing that Abraham would ever be called to do. His own son, Now, Abram's a hundred years old. He's well over a hundred years old. He was a hundred years old when Isaac was born. He's a teenager now, at least. What hopes and dreams, what future led in Isaac to Abram, and the idea of, with his own hand, taking his life, slaying him with a knife as a sacrifice. But it was Isaac, his only son. And God's plan of saving sinners, reconciling 
you to himself, is all centered in his Son, his only Son, his well-beloved Son. There is no blessing, no mercy, no forgiveness for sinners outside of God's Son. Christ is central to it all. He is the mediator of the covenant. He is the door to heaven. He's the only way to the Father. And all God does to save sinners is filtered through His own Son. So we can say, if I have Jesus and Jesus only, then I am blessed. Why would you object to God's plan of sending His Son and giving every spiritual gift through His Son. This was what the apostles preached. They stood in the days of Acts, and they said, There is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Or in Romans eight thirty nine, those final two little words, the love of God which is in Christ. In Christ. Everything that God has for a sinner's soul is in Christ. Now, you need to be in Christ to enjoy all those blessings, and you will. You need to be united to the Son. What do you think of this plan? Are you sitting there scaffing and scoffing and mocking such an idea? The world does that. There's multitudes around us. They have no time for the doctrine of God's redemption by the blood of the cross. They count it foolishness, Paul says. Why? It's so clearly revealed in the Bible. And so I beg you, don't miss to bow your knee to the wonderful plan of God. Don't spurn it. It's right from the heart of a good God who has a plan of mercy to save souls. And you can be saved today. You can enter into this plan of God, and you can be sure of eternal life through the Son. All God has planned is centered in the Son. Now, the next thing I see in this parallel, Genesis 22, is that God and the Son fully cooperated in the Father's plan. I want you to notice in verse 3 that it says, "...and Isaac..." his son. Abram rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, took two of the young men with him, and Isaac, his son. And then in verse 6, you have that remarkable statement at the end of the verse, and they went, both of them, together. That speaks of harmony. That speaks of unity. That speaks that they were in one in purpose. And the father said, I'm going to the mountain to sacrifice. Isaac says, I'm coming too. I don't think he yet understood where the sacrifice would come from. But there was unity. And then you'll notice in verse 8 that that same statement, it's significant because it's repeated. Verse 8 at the end, so... After all of these details, all of the questions, all of the conversation between Isaac and his father, and Abram said, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Isaac was satisfied with that. So, 
they went, both of them, together. And then verse 9, they came to the place which God had told them off when Abraham built an altar and led the wood in order and bound Isaac his son. Did you ever try to bind a teenager? A young man which would be athletic and strong and fighting fit. Don't quickly get entangled with a, a bulky teenager. You might lose. One of the great dreams that our four sons had is that they would be taller than their father. That was no high dream, was it? That was, no, that was not too much to ask. And they all achieved it. And there were years that I was quite willing to take one on or two or even four of them. But then I started to get smart. Let's not do this anymore. For an elderly father, well over a hundred years old, to bind his son, it took the voluntary willingness of the son. And from this narrative, from this record, there was no resistance. There was no struggle. And this is a perfect parallel with our Lord Jesus coming into the world to do the will of the Father and voluntarily, indeed excitedly, with joy, the cross was set before him that he might be the Savior and sacrifice of his people. Now, our Lord Jesus coming into this world, he knew the hour of his death, and he set himself to go to the cross. When he was questioned by Pilate, he remained silent, not to be obstinate, but that the will of God might be done. He wasn't there to argue his way out of it. He was there to be led as a lamb to the slaughter. He could have called the angels to set him free. He could have pulled the nails in the cross. But there he hung by a, an amazing offering in the will of the Father going through with God's plan. I must suffer. That was Jesus' attitude. I must suffer and die. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher. What an amazing story, 2,000 years before the birth of our Lord Jesus, wrapped up in the life of Abraham, the patriarch, and how his call to offer up his own son, Isaac, the son of his dreams, the son that was really his miracle child, the most precious thing he had on earth, and God was testing Abraham to prove his obedience. Now, I just want to take two thoughts on this. Number one, God is looking for our obedience. God sent his son that he might be our savior, but he does to test us and he will prove our obedience. And we are accountable this is the result of being moral people. We know right from wrong. His law is written on our hearts. And when we come to the Bible, the Word of God, it is a true lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. And it shows us the way of sin. It shows us the way of truth and righteousness. And we are to set ourselves to obey God. And for the Christian, it matters 
if we obey. Never follow the line, we're under grace, we're not under law. Every Christian is to set the law of God as the rule of life, how we may please our Heavenly Father. The other point I want to make is on this matter of substitution. And there really are few clearer passages in the Bible than right here in this incident where God stopped Abraham for sacrificing his own son. And he said to him that uh, he did not need to touch Isaac, did not need to slay his own son, but God provided the lamb. And there it was. He heard the rustling in the thicket right behind him. And there was the ram. God provided himself a lamb. Now, when it came to Calvary, God provided a sacrifice for us because you and I should have been on that cross. You and I should have been under the wrath of God, bearing the shame of sin and its curse. But God provided a lamb, an offering, a savior. And our Lord Jesus went to the cross in obedience to the Father. And by his obedience unto death, we are justified freely from all things. That's what the Bible teaches very clearly. And I call you to believe today. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. And I would love to help you in that. If you would like to call me or send me an email, get in touch. Just go to the website ltbs.ca or call me at 604-897-2040. I look forward to hearing from you, to know that you are listening, and if you need to be saved, we can call on the Lord, and he will save you. There is a great promise. You can go to it yourself. It's in Romans 10, verse 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's God's promise to you in Romans 10:13, And I exhort you to give your heart to the Lord and you will be saved. I have a booklet I'd love to send you. I can send you one copy free of charge. It's called A New Beginning. It's 32 pages, color, and uh, beautifully laid out. It's really Bible uh, headings with Bible verses and proofs underneath. It is a a guide to know why we need to be saved, how we can be saved, and how we can live the Christian life after we are saved. And I will be happy to send you a free copy. Or if you would like 10 copies that you can give to your friends, then uh, just send us $25 in the meal. All the details you'll get on that website, ltbs.ca. And we look forward to sending these out to you. Join us again, of course, each day at this time as we bring the gospel, as we let the Bible speak. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music